Attention all personnel. Incoming podcast. This is MASH Matters. Well, here we go. It is a a new year, a new episode. It's exciting. I think 2019 is going to be the year of the podcast. This is 2019. Oh my gosh. Do do you remember when 2019 seemed, it sounded like the future, right? Yeah. We'd all be running around in flying cars and stuff. And we'd have watches on our wrist that we could talk to each other on. Oh wait, we do have those. Yeah. I'm wearing one of those actually right now, as a matter of fact. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, we don't have jetpacks yet or uh, robot maids. I mean, the Jetsons pretty much lied to us. I think I feel betrayed. We don't have it yet. So we still we have to walk around and stuff. I hate that. <laughs> right. Who who does that anymore? Walking. Yeah, walking. Well, uh, happy new year to you, Jeff. It's exciting to be here once again with you to talk about MASH and answer some more questions from listeners. We've had a few more come in. A couple more uh, voicemails have come in as well. So we just like to jump in and, and answer some of these questions. You game for that? I'm game for that. But I first have to say happy new year to you and your family as well. And happy new year to all our good friends and all our good listeners to the Mash Matters podcast, we appreciate you being here. We appreciate you listening. Uh, we plan to send each one of you ten thousand dollars. So in the mail. No, 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 no. We uh, we did not discuss that uh, prior to the recording. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, well. Well, uh, the heck with it. Happy New Year to all of you anyway. <laughs> so we've had people emailing us, uh, sending us uh, messages through Facebook and leaving voicemails. We encourage you to do the same. You can find us at mashmatterspodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at Mash Matters. We're on Facebook and we're on YouTube. And you can also leave the voicemail at 513-436-4077. So let's just jump in here, Jeff. Uh, a couple of questions. One that just came in recently was one from Chuck Holsher, and I'm probably horribly mispronouncing his last name, but Chuck from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, he says, Ryan and Jeff, I've been listening to your podcast and have been enjoying them so much. I've been a huge fan since the show started and can almost repeat many of the lines from the shows. I have a coworker that he and I repeat lines to each other almost every day. He says, I do have a question for Jeff. One, did you take anything from the MASH set? And two, also, have you been back to Malibu State Park? Yes. <laughs> All right. Moving All right. on. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> All right. No, no, no. Okay. Now, I know you went back to the park. I don't know how many years ago that was when they uh, dedicated the MASH site. Yeah. When was that? That was, what, five, six, seven years ago? Uh, yeah, about then. I It's hard to remember exactly. Probably about five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, it was. It was fun. It was fun to see. I think Mike Farrell was there. Loretta Swit was there. Bert Metcalf was there. And I'm, I may be forgetting other people. And if I am, I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, a lot of folks showed up and they dedicated something. I don't remember what it was for, but <laughs> I, I'll go to anything that's being dedicated. I don't care. And uh, so I went there and we all went into this thing. It's really fun to go there. And I think I've said this before. I'll say it again. If anybody is in Los Angeles and happens to have time to go there, uh, I really recommend it. The trek in is, you know, it's about a maybe two miles in and you got to walk. So have some good walking shoes and be comfortable, but it's a fun walk. It's a beautiful 
beautiful scenery. Now, just recently, there were horrible fires out here, Mm -hmm. and it did burn a lot of that area. So everything is not going to be quite as pretty as it was, but you'll still recognize a lot of things. And the the walk-in is is a little bit of a walk, but it's easy. And once you kind of come around the bend and you get to the match set, it'll really kind of come back to you. The scenes, you know, the opening sequence of the show, you'll kind of see all that geography. And uh, again, some of that was burned. Some of the interior of the actual set was singed. I don't know whether flames actually came through. I'm not sure that happened because I think it would have burned out a lot more stuff. I saw somebody post on Facebook recently some pictures from the site since the fire happened. Yeah. And it looks like some of the the things that were put there in the last few years were actually spared from the fire. So hopefully that's the case. Now, I I have a question for you regarding the Malibu set. Mm Mm-hmm. You say that it's like a two-mile hike to get there. So how did you get to the set when you were filming? Uh, uh, limos. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not limos. <laughs> I tried to get a limo, but nobody would give me a limo. <laughs> no, Maxwell, you're not getting a limo. Get away from the car. No, we were driven in. First, we drove in. I had to drive. I was probably about 45 minutes away to the Malibu Creek Ranch area. So I had to drive there at 6 o'clock in the morning. I usually had to get there at about 6.30 in the morning. And then we kind of met in a parking lot and we were taken in by various studio vans into the set. So we didn't have to walk the two miles. We were driven in, which was nice. And, you know, we could chat and people could get friendly and talk about what happened the night before and how hungover they were or whatever (laughs) they were doing. So that was a nice thing to kind of start the day. And one of the things I remember, I just loved and I couldn't wait to get to this little food truck thing they had i'd race in there and i'd race over to that little food truck thing and they made a bacon and egg sandwich and they grilled it on both sides which i had never done i'd never tasted a bacon and egg sandwich grilled on both sides like a grilled cheese sandwich and i i went nuts i could not stand waiting to get i wanted to go immediately the next day and eat another one they were so good they just i know this is a dumb thing to talk about (laughs) But those bacon and egg and cheese thing, oh boy, were they good. I urge everyone, go make a grilled bacon and egg cheese sandwich and walk into the mash set and you will have a great time. Good to know. So his other question was, did you take anything from the mash set? I did. I took, <laughs> well, it's okay. We'll get poetic here. I took many memories with me from the mash set. I took a great deal of love with me from the mash set. Okay. I took a part of uh, a huge part of my life from the mash set, uh, but I also took my hat <laughs> uh, and my uniform. I I took that. I don't. I hope nobody comes. The FBI doesn't show up and say, "Give me the hat, the uniform." <laughs> but I did. I took my uniform and the hat. I actually had two hats, and you know the hats were kind of funny. I I put the Igor hat on, and the the style was to pull it over my ears. And the reason I did that is because I used to have kind of fluffy long hair and I didn't want to cut it because I liked leaving the set and kind of looking better than somebody with a, you know, close cropped haircut. So I would take that hat and I went, I don't want to cut my hair because the guy said, you got to cut your hair. Oh, okay. But I pulled the hat over my ears and stuffed the hair under there. So that's kind of why my silly hat was all the way over my ears. And then I put the brim up so it would look a little different than everybody else. Sure. And that was my hat. And I loved that thing for years. And I had two of them. 
One of them I actually sold in a kind of a, an auction to raise money for a charity. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I think it got a, it was about four or 500 bucks that thing went for. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, but the other one I still have. And so I, I love that hat. Do you still wear it? Constantly, all everywhere. I wear it at morning, <laughs> noon, and night. No, I, I, I bring it out on special occasions, just on events to dedicate things or funerals, <laughs> weddings, it, you know, the things that we all love and want to look good for. Right, right. Obviously. <laughs> but I love that hat. Very, very cool hat. Excellent. Thank, thank you for that question. Yes. And I took $100,000 also from a guy in a, on the <laughs> debt. <laughs> we had another question come in uh, for you from Craig Wilson. Now, Craig, he runs one of the big mash facebook groups and uh craig lives in australia and he's listening to us and he sent us a series of questions one of the questions he sent was when you were tending bar did you actually make real drinks at all did any of the drinks we see on the show actually contain alcohol so so jeff fess up were you really serving a bunch of booze in the officers club i wish i had been that would have been very fun <laughs> Uh, but no, it's uh, it was tea or something designed to look like liquor. There was no liquor on the set uh, during the shooting of MASH, no. Even in the still? Even in the still, ladies and gentlemen. I know this is a shock. No, there, there was no vodka. There was no gin. There was no alcohol anywhere near that stuff. So sorry to say. Wow. It's a big reveal. This is, this is big. I know. You know, Alan Alda... <laughs> he he's kind of a teetotaler. Uh, I don't think he has any teetotaling now at all. I think he's probably cut it all out. But we used to have after the show ended, or we the final like on Friday or whatever the, the show had been shot. Uh, that night they would bring in pizza. So there was a whole bunch of people there, and we'd stand around and go, "Oh boy, that was a good show, and that was fun." And we'd all eat pizza and beer and soft drinks and stuff. And Alan was kind of a not a real drinker so if he had a beer he was pretty funny <laughs> and we all kind of used to hope that alan would have a piece of pizza and drink a couple of beers because it was kind of fun <laughs> he, he, he loosened up and he's he's a really funny guy anyway but he got kind of being even funnier now he said that he's kind of a mean he when he drinks stuff he gets mean i never saw that but he was very pleasant very funny when we were eating pizza and drinking beer. But that was about the extent of any alcohol use on the set of that. Okay. It was pretty adult grown-ups. You know, I've said this before. I was hoping this was going to be a wild thing for me, but it was very grown-up, and it was kind of like, you know, hanging out with your substitute teacher. Hmm. It, was, it was pretty straight, but that was good. Yes, absolutely. This is a message that came in uh, from Logan Cusick. He says, gentlemen, my name is Logan and I am a younger MASH fan at 19 years of age. Uh, I have been a fan ever since the first episode. My mom showed me the show after William Christopher died. I love every character and every actor. I think if I had to pick my favorite episodes, it would be season seven, episode 13, An Eye for a Tooth because you get to see Charles' funny side and how he handles things. Season 10, episode 20, Sons and Bowlers, you get to see how much Hawkeye's dad means to him and what Charles' home life was like with his father. He goes on to say, Jeff, can I have your recipe for creamed weenies? I want to try them. 
Yes, I think that can be arranged. <laughs> and we've talked about this before, and we haven't we haven't done it yet. But uh, I, would you be okay if we put the recipe for creamed weenies on the uh, Mash Matters podcast website? I would be honored to put creamed weenies up on that website. Yes, and but everyone must try it. Everyone who goes to the website must swear, send us a loyalty oath that they will try the recipe for creamed weenies. Otherwise, I'm not doing it. If everybody raise your hand, now, raise your. Uh, five, six, seven. All right, fine. <laughs> Let's do it, Brian. All right. So we'll put the recipe for cream weenies. You can find that at mashmatterspodcast.com. But we want to hear your review. You can even take pictures of your creamed weenies and send them to us there through the website. Uh, and we want we want your reviews of Igor's creamed weenies. That's the deal. Yeah, from those of you who survived. Yeah, please. <laughs> Do people need to sign a waiver before they uh, they try this recipe? I think so. And we got a lawyer up real fast. <laughs> My deceased client uh, apparently ate cream winnies from your silly show. And I have a little letter. Uh, I have I recently uh, got a fan letter. I do get them occasionally. Uh, oh, you know, I'm going to say something also. Anybody who wants to send me a request for an autograph or some something to do with MASH, I'd like to give an address because I've been told that sometimes they don't get to me or they go to weird places. And so I want to say something official. Is that okay? Should I say that? Absolutely. Sure. Yes. I I'm going to say this so it will actually get to me and I can actually respond to it. So the address is as follows. You can write to Jeff Maxwell at 1613 Chelsea Road. That's 1613 Chelsea Road, C-H-E-L-S-E-A-R-O-A-D, number 355 in the city of San Marino. That's S-A-N, second word M-A-R-I-N-O, San Marino, California, at 91108. So that's the official address that will reach me, and I will respond to it. Let me ask you, too, what's the protocol if somebody does want an autograph for you? Do you have things to autograph to send to them, or do they need to send you something to autograph? And and would you prefer a self-addressed stamped envelope? What's your preference? That is why you are a genius, Ryan Patrick. That's a great question. Please, if, you're, if you'd like me to sign it, please send me that request in an envelope as well as a return stamped self-addressed envelope for me to return it back it is helpful that way so i don't have to run to the you know post office and get a stamp and send it to you so if you want to do it send me the request i'll be happy to do it if you have something to sign i'll be happy to sign it but just send that self-addressed stamped envelope that i can pop it back in there and send it back that's the way you you're guaranteed you're going to get it back so thank you for asking that question. And it, 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 help, it helps if you send $100 as well. That, that's really <laughs> To cover shipping and handling, obviously. Absolutely, yes. yeah. Sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Everything else is free other than just a separate charge. <laughs> Don't you love those infomercials? Yeah, you got you to buy a pan and you go, a second pan free, just pay a separate charge. What is that about? And it's not free. Anyway. Did I read that letter yet? No, not yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Dear Mr. Maxwell, when my wife was pregnant with our son, and I had nothing to do with it, I just want to say that. When my wife was pregnant with our son, we went to the hospital with complications. Ooh. Disappointed by the apparent indifference by the medical staff, 
we mentioned to each other that we were always looking for the passion and dedication of the 4077. That's when we immediately looked at each other and decided on a name for our son, Hawkeye. Hmm. Full name, Hawkeye Atticus Roosevelt Beach, now seven. Now, here's the part that gets me. Now, first of all, I think they should have named him Igor, but I'll let that go. <laughs> but this is the part that gets me. Named not just for Hawkeye Pierce, but in honor of the full staff of MASH characters who represented qualities we wanted in our son. Passion, dedication, loyalty, anti-war, anti-racism, and overall humanists. Hmm. They were not saints, but strove to better themselves when confronted with their limitations. I thought that was kind of cool. You know, I, uh, you know when you, you, you find something in characters, either from literature or from a half-hour television show, that inspires you to instill those, those things in your children, that's pretty big. Absolutely. I mean, that's what MASH, we're talking about MASH matters. It certainly mattered to them at that moment. Mm -hmm. And they certainly, you know, acted on it. So uh, that was impressive. So if Hawkeye's listening, congratulations to a couple of fine parents who did you a nice thing. Okay, I'll even read this. Even though you were asked to deliver one-liners, you brought a real grounded humanity to the role of Igor, especially when you were given more to do. I truly think that your performance is one of the many reasons for the show's lasting legacy. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you for the, all the entertainment you have provided throughout the years and remind you that your performances from all those years still have impact. That's very, very sweet of you to say. I thank you very much, but I, I kind of uh, include myself in with the ensemble of the show who kind of had that same impact. It was me and a lot of other people. I, <laughs> so... Thank you, but I think the I think the full impact was the, the family that showed up, and you can take a piece out of it and go, "Wow, that piece is really good." But you put the piece back into it, and it, make, it makes a really nice looking cake. Mm, cake. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you, as far as you know. I mean, it's it's been twenty. No, excuse me. It's been what thirty five years now since the finale. Excuse me. Hang on. Could you bring me the walker? Bring me the walker. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, go ahead. So 35 years now since the finale, and you still get letters like that. I mean, how, what does that mean to you to receive letters like that in the mail of people who are still impacted by the work that you did 35, 40 years ago? Uh, you know, it means a lot. I, I don't want to get too uh, uh, corny about this. Because uh, when I started MASH, I was a wacky doodle kid. I had a great time. It was, uh, you know, nine years, probably some of the best, <laughs> greatest years of my life. Uh, it gave me tremendous maturity. I learned a heck of a lot. I met incredibly talented people and kind of learned what talent really is. And so I, I was very grateful to that. A lot of the craziness, however, still remained with me as a human being. <laughs> and that craziness sort of helped propel me not only to try and get on TV and be in show business, and be successful at it, but there's a certain cynicism that comes with it because it is a business. And so you have to bridge the gap between being this person who's going after a theatrical artistic process and learning that it is a business and you're doing it to make money. It's your job. And so everybody that has a job goes to their job to try and do the best job they can, but they know if they don't do a good job, they're not going to have the job anymore. So you work real hard to try and do it. 
But there's always a little bit of cynicism about show business and about behavior and about other people you work with or agents or writers, or producers, or whoever you have to deal with. It's not an easy business. It's tough. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to learn how to navigate not only your own self, your own sense of your self-worth, but to throw that into the lion pit with all these people who are going, Rah! And want a piece of you or want something from you or you want something from them. And that's kind of what show business is always about all the time. It's kind of a grind. I want something or somebody wants something from me. It's, it's a tough, tough thing. And it creates a great deal of, of cynical thinking and feeling. Mm-hmm. So I was in that environment with some of the best human beings on the planet and best, most talented people on the planet. When I left there, I got involved in the movie business and raising money to make movies and writing movies and writing film. And all of that was a very difficult thing too. Uh, It brought with it its own set of very difficult rules you had to learn and navigate. So it's not for the faint of heart. So you kind of grow a shell around you and you go, okay, yeah, oh, there's a love match. It was great. And then you go out and you go, well, you know, hey, there's a job and this and that and this showbiz and yeah, the show and okay. And years go by and people talk to you about what a wonderful show it was. And you, some of your head is going, oh, yeah, I know. It was a great show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great show. And then little by little, when you kind of get letters like this and you hear responses from people, uh, especially now that I'm a little bit older and a little bit wiser and a little bit more mature, these are more impactful to me. They mean more to me. Uh, I identify with them more. So I hope I didn't bore everybody with that. Huh? What? I'm sorry. What? Hello? Yeah. Hello. Is <laughs> <laughs> this thing on? <laughs> so I kind of wanted to show there's an arc. There was an arc for me anyway. I was a goofy guy in showbiz and had all this great stuff. But then I kind of matured and now these things that people write and I, I'm now mature enough to hear how that show impacted anybody. And now I'm very sensitive to it. And I really appreciate people saying what they say, certainly about me. Uh, My gosh, I really thank everyone who says anything nice about me. But certainly, I really appreciate what everybody says about the show and how important it was to them. And that's the lesson I've learned over these years. It is important. And that's what I think. I think, Brian, what we're doing with MASH Matters is, is talking about that and and kind of uh, reveling in it and, and celebrating it. Absolutely. I'll shut up now. <laughs> well, I'm going to let somebody else do the talking now. Let's play one of the voicemails that came in. Yes, uh, this is Todd Brown from Long Beach, Mississippi. And I wanted to know, let you all know that I love the new podcast you all are doing. All right. And I have been a big fan of MASH for a very long time. And me and my mother, you know, like everybody else, we have watched the show and enjoyed it. I even have all the seasons on DVD. And we watch it on TV all the time. And it's really a funny show, and we enjoy it. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen. And uh, Jeff Maxwell has been one of my favorite characters, is Igor. And I really like his he's a good actor. And I've liked the scenes with him and Father McKay about creaming his corn and him <laughs> calling him a ninny. I thought that was real funny. And I'd like to let, let Jeff know he's a real good actor and I like him. 
And I wanted to know if on the series, um, well, I have a question. On the um, series MASH, did um, Harry Morgan paint his pictures, those portraits that he did, or did someone else do it for him? That's my question I have to ask. And uh, I want to let you all know again that I do enjoy the um, podcast you all are doing and hope you keep doing a good job. Thank you very much. Bye. Aww. Uh That's a good question. We've actually had that question come in a few other times, I think, too, about the paintings that Colonel Potter would do and who was the one who actually painted them. The answer is one, Harry Morgan did not paint those himself. We don't know who necessarily painted those. They were part of the the prop master's responsibility to make sure that those paintings happen. So chances are each painting was probably painted by somebody different. And if you look at the paintings, you can tell the style of each painting is a little bit different. So I wouldn't be surprised if there were a series of painters that did it. But there is no one particular person that has been given credit for painting all of those paintings. Now, interesting note about the painting is back in November of last year, one of those paintings actually came up for auction. It was the painting that was uh, in the episode Picture This, and that's the episode where the main cast is quarreling, but at the same time, Colonel Potter is trying to paint them together in a family portrait. That painting, that prop painting, actually came up for auction back in November. That was a painting that uh, John Rappaport, one of the producers, took with him and kept for decades until it went up for auction and ended up selling. Do you know how much it sold for, Jeff? How much? I'm I'm on the edge of my seat here. It sold for $16,250. Holy moly! Really? Yes. Wow. Was that on eBay? Did they put it on eBay or no, it was con- it was a consignment through Heritage Auctions. Okay, yeah. So it was sold at an auction house. Wow. But it brought in over $16,000. Wow. Yeah, how about that, huh? I- I'm taking my hat down there. What's the address there? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just a green hat. I, I'll get another one. Uh, what the heck? Wow, that's amazing. That is... Yeah. Whoa. I thought it would go high, but I didn't know it would go that high. I'm really sort of uh, stunned by that, but I'm also a little saddened because we're talking about who painted the pictures. Uh, I'm certain that these were were, gone, were were done through the art department at 20th Century Fox. So somebody in the art department was, you know, commissioned to do these things and was a pretty good enough artist and maybe one or two of them, mm-hmm. but they are the artist. So here's this thing that sells for $16,000, but whoever painted it might be sitting in his underwear or her underwear, you know, on some main street asking for a dollar. Right. And, you know, but the thing goes up for 16 grand. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and that's the only one that I've ever seen come up for auction or that I'm even aware is still out there. All of the other paintings that uh, are attributed to Colonel Potter I don't know where they ended up and who has them, if any of the production team or cast members have any of those in their possession. That's the only one that I am aware of that is now out in the public and has been sold. The other ones, who knows? Maybe some more will come up for auction down the road. But I I think after hearing this, they will. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. And uh, I all I know is that if they're going that high, I will never own one of them. <laughs>
So hopefully that answers your question. Thank you for calling in. If you would like to call in and leave a voicemail, you can do that by calling 513-436-4077. And Jeff, I think we should bring this one in for a landing. We've uh, been talking for a while now. Just wanted to go back to Todd for a second. I really, I, I just want him to know, sincerely, I really appreciate the nice words that he said about me. I really appreciate everyone who says, gosh, you were good at what you did. I really, really did try to be really good at what I did. And, and I, I'm hearing what I'm hearing now is I guess it worked. So uh, Todd and Todd's mother, I really appreciate you enjoying my performances and I hope you will continue to do so and say nice things to me again. Absolutely. <laughs> and we've had some nice people say some nice things to us too about the podcast. I just want to give a quick shout out to a few of them. My friend, Chris Futrell, also uh, Amy Sweeney, Mike Trude, Timothy Burleson, Grant Bingham, Tina Krasner, Jeff Hagers, James Coulter, Lisa Fetzko. They all went to our Facebook page and left a review. And we've also had several reviews on Apple Podcasts, including Caitlin King, who says it's really good and I'm not usually a fan of podcasts. I only listen to one other, but these guys were made for this. <laughs> Very witty and they have perfect radio voices. Sound quality is perfect all around. Well done. Thank you for that, Kaylin. If you would like to leave a review, hop onto Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, write it. We'll be happy to read it here on the podcast or go to our Facebook page and leave a review there on Facebook as well. We love we love, love, love hearing from people who are listening and enjoying the podcast. So I'm, I'm still waiting for that, that first one-star review to come in, though. You know, the one that's going to say, these guys really suck. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure we'll you get know, them. Yeah, it's, it's coming. coming. It's coming. Yeah. We'll have them on as a guest. <laughs> and speaking of guests, I just kind of want to do this teaser. We have some folks coming up here as guests that I think everybody will enjoy who, uh, who loves MASH and who are going to love hearing from the people that we're going to have on our podcast. So stay tuned. Keep those great questions coming in. Keep those voicemails coming in. We love hearing from you. And uh, until next time, Jeff. Bye-bye. Au revoir. That is all. <laughs> <laughs>